0: How's it going folks how's it going i'm brother matthew and this is christian coffee time where we sit down together to study the word of god and today we're going to be continuing on our study of second corinthians so if you would like to go grab your bibles notepads and pens and turn with me to second corinthians chapter seven and we're going to begin at verse one obviously so i i hope that you're enjoying these walkthroughs of scripture uh, walkthroughs of first and second corinthians uh, there's so much information packed in them uh, <laughs> what we're doing is just kind of skipping the stone across the surface uh, it's everybody's individual job to now go and take these things and study it yourself go glean more yourself so showing you how to study the bible showing you how to read the scripture showing you how to study these chapters and then go and do thou likewise Uh, learn to go do it yourself spend some time in the scripture studying these things so in second corinthians uh we're seeing uh contrary to first uh, the first uh, epistle uh, of paul to the church of corinth was more of like a rebuke uh, more of a instructional reproving in this and we see in second corinthians a bit more uh, exhortation and uh lift a, trying to lift them up and encourage them the first is now tell is telling them okay you, this is what you're doing wrong you need to get this fixed this is this is what's the what the issues are and now we're seeing him uh, trying to cheer them up so you see reprove rebuke exhort with all long suffering and doctrine all right so we're continuing this in second corinthians chapter seven And we're just delaying a little bit so everyone can get in and good morning good morning thank you so much for joining in i was thinking about it this morning well i was just uh, again just quickly going over chapter seven just taking down some notes and things uh, to talk about and yeah again just a simple overview is what we're doing here A, a basic walkthrough because looking at these verses you literally could spend weeks months on one verse there's so much information in each verse it 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 almost kind of feels like a disservice just going through it so quickly but there there are many usages for this again a quick overview is what we're doing here at Christian coffee time is returning meat into milk as uh, we're instructing the saints, encouraging the saints, and what we focus primarily on is teaching the basics, teaching how to study the Bible. You see, there's uh, there are times where we might dive really deep, looking at uh, deeper theologies and doctrines of certain words and, and meanings and things. But primarily, what we're doing is again just uh, teaching again the basics, teaching again uh, this the the, the first. Uh, first ordinances, the, the first things, uh, really emphasizing on how to be saved, what salvation is, the person of Christ, and now what it means for the first step one, 101, the root basics of Christianity. And in this included is how to read your Bible, how to study the scriptures, how to study these chapters, study these books, study these doctrines. And so what we do is kind of give a, a base overview and then say, okay, now there you go, now go. <laughs> walk so we show you how to walk now it's up to you to carry it on and go deeper and continue the walking so again taking the stone skipping it across the water this is what we're doing in second corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. so please grab your bibles notepads and pens and if you have any comments questions issues insights regarding the study at hand please by all means go ahead ask away if it's not related to the topic at hand, if you could just please hold that to the end of the study uh, or to our next broadcast. We want to try to limit our rabbit trailing. All right. So, with this, let's continue. All right. All right. So, in chapter 7, verse 1, having therefore these promises. What promises? what promises what's he talking about see right here right here you see that this this is evidence right here that the chapter verse divisions are not inspired but were added as a help as a study help uh, just to to break things up so for easier study easier research uh, finding the, the passage and stuff easier uh these are just tools for our study the chapter verse divisions are not inspired because what happened here is chapter 7 is a continuation a direct flowing continuation of chapter 6. so if we back up into chapter 6 and we take a look at verse 17 and 18 the last two verses of chapter 6 verses 17 and 18. wherefore come up from among them and be ye separate say the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you and will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters saith the Lord Almighty having therefore these promises dearly beloved you see so when you're again studying when you're reading when you're about to stop read ahead just a little bit when you come to the end of a chapter uh read ahead into the next one a little bit and see does the context does the thought flow into it we want to make sure we get all of the information we don't want to even accidentally cherry pick because there's direct uh, uh, there's direct cherry picking and then there's indirect the cherry picking by ignorance uh, by just not willful ignorance but that you just weren't aware you didn't know so this is uh, something that you got to do is back up go again over it slowly go back go, go back a few verses and then go ahead a few verses and we want to make sure you grab the whole context okay so the promises here of chapter 7 is verse 17 18 about the lord promising to be our god be our father and we his children all right, so therefore, because of these great promises of the family of God, of the relationship with the Lord, dearly beloved, so you see context here, he's talking to Christians, direct Christians. Let us cleanse ourselves. Who's the ourselves? Who's talking? This is Paul, so this is regarding the saints. The saints, cleanse ourselves. Oh, hold up, hold up. I thought we were cleansed. I thought we were cleansed already by the blood of Jesus at salvation. I thought I thought that I was cleansed of all this when I got saved. See, this is a common mistake. A common misunderstanding. The atonement of Jesus Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ, the, the shedding of blood, the death, the burial, resurrection, this saves us from the condemnation of sin. You see, there are some out there who believe that because of this, because of his work on the cross, that uh, that makes us sinless, that makes us, you know, sinless, holy, cleansed of all our sin. No, 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 no. It doesn't cleanse us of all our sin. It cleanses us from the condemnation of sin. Because if the cross of Christ purged away all my sin, so I wasn't a sinner anymore, then why do I continue to sin? why did the apostle paul have a lot of problems in romans chapter 7. Then why is there constant 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 passages and doctrines and teachings all throughout the new testament re- direct, directed at the saints regarding repentance regarding fighting the flesh resisting the devil uh, crucifying the flesh with affections and lust thereof about resisting temptation and if and if any men sin we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous so we don't become sinless but we come saved from the condemnation of sin okay so okay then if we have this dual nature uh we have the the nature of Christ within us uh, uh where our souls are saved we're indwelt and sealed by the spirit of God who holds our soul in his hands our flesh is corrupted by sin I know that in my flesh dwelt no good thing uh, with the mind I serve the law of God God but with the flesh I serve the law of sin Romans 7 with the flesh I serve the law of sin that's Apostle Paul talking and if any men sin if we do sin first John 1 9 if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness who's that directed at who's the us that's the saved okay so let us cleanse ourselves this is second Chronicles seven fourteen. if my people which are called by my name should humble themselves and seek my face uh, and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven forgive this any other land now note in second Chronicles 7 14 if my people which are called by my name should humble themselves and repent turn from their wicked ways my people turn from their wicked ways that's interesting can we sin yes Can we do terrible sins can a christian do terrible sins well all sin is terrible but yeah we fall into temptation in the snare of the devil we can we can fall into temptation look what it says here let us cleanse ourselves how do we cleanse ourselves so we do sin, we do make mistakes, we do err, we we do lie, and we do uh, think about things we ought not look at things here and say and do things we ought not. Uh, we do sin, we do terrible things, we get apathetic of the things of the Lord. It does happen. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. Now, no- notice the language the filthiness of the flesh our souls are washed clean made righteous in christ our souls are saved and spotless by the lamb of god our flesh corrupted by sin spotted with the with the mud and the spackle of the things of this world of all sin and wretchedness of all the filthiness now in this language in filthiness I should have done I should have gotten the picture to put it up here but I I didn't I forgot is uh how many of you are, are are aware of Charlie Brown the Charlie Brown comic the Charlie Brown comic well there's one character in the Charlie Brown uh comic strip uh his name is pigpen now he, uh, uh, this little guy that he you see him the way they design him he looks like he's super dirty every time he moves there's like a cloud of dirt and dust goes around every time he moves. That's how I I, I kind of picture the flesh. As pig pen from Charlie Brown. So to cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh, the language here is the is the Apostle Paul is speaking of the flesh as a as a separate person. It's like you go and hang out with with one of your friends and they're a rather dirty individual and they start flinging mud at you. You want to cleanse yourself from the filth of this other person. To cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh. Now, why does Paul use second person language? Why Why does he do this? Well, because if we go back to Romans chapter 7. Go back to Romans chapter 7. And we see Paul directly talking about our flesh as a separate person. The things I want to do, I can't do. The things I don't want to do, I do a wretched man that I am. Now why? Verse 17 of Romans 7. Verse 17. Now then, it is no more I that do it. But sin that dwelleth in me for i know that in me that is in my flesh old well, no good thing it is no more i that do it it's not me it's not me that the, the real me the saved me is a separate person from the flesh because really honestly When you really get down to it, with our knowledge of sin, with our understanding that the Spirit of God has given us, according to Scripture, in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, you hate, I hate sin. You don't want to. Like right now, you don't want to sin. You don't want to look at those things and think of those things, say and do. You don't want to lie. You don't want to steal. You don't want to bear false witness. You don't want to hate others. You don't want to be apathetic. You don't want to disobey the Lord. You don't want to. I hate it I hate it I hate it with every fiber of my being. I hate it when I when I fall in sin and temptation. I hate it. It makes me so angry, it makes me so sorrowful it makes me just hate myself sometimes. I hate it. I don't want to do that. I hate it when the devils come in and tempt me. I hate it when my flesh tempts me. I hate it when the wor- when the world tries me like that. It's not me. It's not the real me. It's not the real me that falls in sin. It's a separate person. It's another person. We are dual natured there's the nature of christ within us which is the nature of righteousness by the spirit of god and then there's the nature of sin that is in us look what paul says so with the mind i serve the law of god verse 25 of romans 7 verse 25 so with the mind i serve the law of god that's the understanding the consciousness the awareness the now enlightened understanding of righteousness and unrighteousness i serve the law of god but with the flesh, the law of sin, there's a second law. There's a law of the flesh. There's the law of the flesh, and then there's the law of the Spirit of God. The flesh serves the law of sin. The flesh is not saved. The flesh is a dark, twisted, sinful, evil creature. The flesh hates the spirit the flesh lusts against the spirit the flesh is another person the flesh does not want to do that which is right and the spirit does not want to do that which which is wrong look at paul says how to perform that which is good i find not because of this but it is no more i that do it I, it's no longer me that does the sin because of the saved self is now saved sealed in god the spirit the soul is sinless not the flesh the spirit and soul is sinless not the flesh i know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me but how to perform that which is good i find not look at verse 21 i find then a law that when i would do good when i would do good verse 21 i find then a law then when i would do good evil is present with me for i delight in the law of god after the inward man so there's the inward man and then there's the outward man there's two people it's like two people, you know, how they always portray in the cartoons or whatever is uh you have an angel on this shoulder and a demon on this shoulder and they're whispering in your ear trying to tell you what to do. It's kind of like that. This is where they get that idea, actually. It's kind of like that, except it's not an angel and a demon. It's the saved me and the unsaved me the flesh is whispering in this ear no you don't need to go to church you don't need to pray no go go ahead go go get, uh, look in that magazine go go read this article go watch that movie go do this thing go listen to that music go go say this so get angry at this person curse them out and the saved me is telling me not to do those things but you rather you should do this you should do this you should do this because this is what the lord says i have conviction of righteousness but i also have oddly strangely According to the flesh, a conviction for unrighteousness. Isn't that weird? So weird. A conviction. In us, in our flesh, there's a conviction to unrighteousness. A desire. I want to. That's the scary thing. That's the scary thing. Is I want to sin. But I also don't want it. At the same time, it's weird. It's really weird. People say, "Oh, believe in the Lord Jesus, and and everything will be good, and it'll be like fields of daisies." <laughs> they have no idea. The worst fight is with ourselves. The absolute worst demon is our own flesh. The worst devil is our own flesh. The devil of our flesh that lusts and desires and longs for dark, for darkness, for sin, for wickedness, for immorality, and all the rest of it. But then there's the saved self, which desires and longs after all the things of God. Verse 23 of Romans 7, verse 23, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. My flesh. O wretched man that I am. Look at what Paul says. O wretched man that I am. The Apostle Paul. Miracle worker. Church founder. Evangelist. Missionary. Preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. O wretched man that I am. If we go back. To Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. Look what he says having therefore these promises though these promises now we talked about this before the promise of god is that he knows what we are he knows what we're capable of he knows what we are incapable of god knows that we can't be perfect god knows that we can't be sinless god knows that we we can't do the things that we want to because of our sin nature just like the apostle paul but the promises of god are regardless of us he holds us despite ourselves as you see in first corinthians 1 verse 30 he is our sanctification because we have none he is our righteousness because we have none he is our holiness because we have none he saves us because we can't save ourselves it was the work of jesus christ because we have no good works of our own it was the atonement of jesus christ because i can't atone for anything these promises of god is that he holds us despite our sin nature He holds us in our hand, and no man can pluck you out. Just like for all the parents out there, you hold your children, your little children, despite how sinful they are, how disobedient they are, how rebellious they are, how how much they are anarchists against you at times. Little children don't always do as they're told. No matter how many times you tell them, they go and do their own thing, anyways. But you hold them anyways you love them anyways you uh, you help them and teach them and raise them and feed them and bless them anyways you correct them and discipline them and raise them and teach them instruct them anyways our father is just the same we are we are spoiled rotten little children disobedient rebellious all the time we're always messing up we're always sinning we're always disobeying we're always being rebellious against the lord we can't go five minutes without doing something wrong but the promise of god is that i will never leave you nor forsake you if you believe in me i will be your god i will be your father and you will be my children i will be and there are and there is there's nothing hinged upon that because it's a covenant not a contract it's a covenant not a contract but because of these promises, this changes something in our perspective of it. We see the Lord for who He truly is our wonderful Lord, our God, our Savior, who saved us despite ourselves. Who, seeing our filth, seeing our sin, seeing our wickedness, loved us anyways, went to the cross anyways so loved us anyways, so therefore I love him. And because of what he did for me, I want to fight my flesh. I want to follow him, not a have to, a want to. Because of these promises, because of these promises, let us cleanse ourselves let us cleanse ourselves and this is this language here is voluntary willingness a personal willingness voluntarily cleansing ourselves why now because the spirit of god that indwells us teaches us all things instructs us in all things causes us to be in remembrance of all things enlighten, enlightens us and shows us how we're wrong shows us what we've done wrong shows us how we have erred instructs us in righteousness instructs us as to what is unrighteousness and shows us that how we must fight that because the spirit of God has instructed us and showed us and enlightened us I don't want that I want this because this is what the Lord says let us the saved the indwelt, the the spiritually indwelt by God cleanse ourselves from filthiness of the flesh and spirit now notice something here that this word spirit is lowercase s sometimes we see a capital s which means the holy spirit lowercase s this is personal spirit now this is regarding the the character and nature character and nature there's the spirit of the soul the spirit of the flesh this is the character of personality behavior characteristics attributes so what are the characteristics and attributes and the nature of the flesh what is the characteristics nature attributes of the saved spirit of the saved soul of the spirit of God we see the the fruits of the spirit and we see the fruits of the flesh we see love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance all the fruits of the spirit of God what are the fruits of, of the spirit of the flesh hate arrogance rebellion anarchy violence sin all sin wickedness let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and spirit that what is the spirit of the flesh we see here perfecting holiness in the fear of god in the fear of god perfecting holiness how can I perfect Holiness I can't be perfect but how do I perfect Holiness here Well, we see in second Timothy hold your finger here and turn to second Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. second timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. all scripture is given they god breathed, god spoke it all scripture is spoken by god all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable and is profitable usable it can be applied for it can be used for it is valuable is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness for instruction in righteousness verse 17 what does it say that the man of god may be what and you see a lot of modern bible versions actually change this verse they actually take out a couple words here in verse 17 a lot of modern bible versions do not say that the man of god may be perfect they put in different words different meanings they take out the word perfect but if you go back to the majority text manuscripts and the original greek manuscripts you will see in verse 17 it actually does say perfect because what is the intended meaning here what is the intended context here that there is perfection in this that this is what helps us strive for perfection the mastery of the high calling of god in christ jesus the scriptures are here to help us to understand that which is perfect so we could have perfect understanding perfect understanding thoroughly furnished unto all good works perfect understanding and this pairs directly with second peter 1 20 to 21 how the scriptures came but the scriptures are here the scriptures make us perfect not our personal behavior and opinions and feelings and attempted good works and religious works and religious observances and all of that no the word of god the scriptures the uh, the uh, the holy bible the word of god the doctrines the theology the teachings the instructions the warnings and the blessings of the word of god of the scriptures is what makes us perfect the spirit of god teaches us through the word of god it teaches us through the word of god all scripture is given that the man of god may be perfect this is how you read it all scripture is given by god so that the man of god may be perfect okay let's go back second corinthians 7. so okay the ending of verse 1 perfecting holiness in the fear of god okay with this understanding now regarding the word of God how do I perfect holiness okay all scripture is given that the man of God may be perfect okay so the word of God then will tell me what is holy and what is not Ooh. You mean not my opinions and feelings i think i feel god thoughts and everything else and dreams and visions and and religious denominational distinctiveness and all of that no the word of god tells us what is holy and what is not the word of god tells us what is sin and what is not the word of god tells us what is righteousness and what is not the word of god tells us what we should and should not do what the word of god says that's the law we we see in a court where we we hear the the phrase every once in a while the judge threw the whole book at him. God threw the whole book at us. We we know the the books of law in a in a court in the actual in actual government governmental law they have that the the codified laws of our society of uh of all the rules and regulations and protocols and everything else regarding the law what you can and cannot do in our society god has his book of law this is the book of the law some people say well we must follow the law but they cherry pick it and they only take out tiny little bits of this they don't understand the whole thing this is the this is the whole law of god the whole law of god the word of god is the law of the saint now There are individuals in our society that choose not to follow the law. We can choose to disregard some things of God's law, but why would we want to? Why would we not want to follow everything that is in the scriptures? Why would you not want to obey what the Lord has put down? Why would you not want to love the law of our God? See, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments in this whole thing here everything Jesus said everything that the Lord has said from Genesis to Revelation everything the Lord has said is for us if we're understanding so how can we perfect holiness if we're only accepting the word of God partially if we're cherry-picking the Bible and only reading small bits small portions and and uh, we're not adhering to the whole the whole truth how can we perfect holiness? see all scripture is given all scripture is profitable that the man of God may be perfect if you want to seek after and strive after perfection in Christ you need to accept the whole the whole scriptures the whole Bible the whole word you see some people call themselves Christians but they don't believe certain parts of the Bible everything from individuals calls us christians and and reject the first couple chapters of genesis okay well but if the lord says his word is above his very name disregarding certain certain parts of scripture then calls into question the very veracity of the names of god if you say well well i i believe this but i don't believe that no i can believe that no i don't know if i believe that your god's a liar your god is not the god of scripture then you say you love the lord but in works dishonor him being dishonorable disobedient unto every good work of reprobate but if we want to strive after holiness in the lord and what the lord says is holy we must understand the character of god you see when we look at scripture we see the characters the spirit of the saved man that, that is covered by the Spirit of God. We see, the, we see the characteristics, the attributes of the Spirit of God. We see the character characteristics and the attributes of the flesh, of the unsaved man, The wretched defiler, the, the enemy of God, the lover of all darkness. We, we see what the flesh is capable of holiness is directly by the very character of god himself to understand the lord you got to understand the whole scriptures now understand what i mean by this is accept the whole scriptures to see what the whole book says about the whole god how he handles sin and righteousness and deals with people we understand his his wrath on sin and his love and grace we understand the whole character of god You can't say you love jesus if you don't believe the whole bible because the whole word of god came from the mouth of god who is jesus perfecting holiness is accepting the whole oracle of god the whole teachings of christ not just part perfecting now here's a word here perfect That which is perfect without flaw i can't be without flaw i am a very very flawed individual we see peter at one point even early on in the ministry of jesus christ peter falls on his knees before the lord and says depart from me lord i'm a sinful man that's us daily but that's the point because when we look at the whole law of god we look at the whole word of god i see how i'm a sinful man and this is what brings me to the desire to cleanse ourselves this is why i want to cleanse myself because i see what i am i see what i've done i see what i've said and it grieves me It upsets me it angers me because i have betrayed my master i have betrayed jesus i've betrayed his very teachings and like peter i fall on my face like paul i fall on my face oh wretched man that i am lord i'm a sinful man i'm a sinful creature i can't be perfect But you are my perfection. And verse 2 Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. As again, he's talking about, you know, use me as an example, as I'm an example of Christ, as Paul says. That's what he says here. And we see if we cheat here just for a moment, go down to verse 10. Sorry, verse 9 verse 9 now i rejoice not that ye were made sorry but that ye sorrowed to repentance sorrowed to repentance sorrowed to repentance this is godly sorrow verse 10 for godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation not to be repented of that it's not that the sorrow itself is wrong but it's a good thing it's not something you should be sorry for to be because you feel sorrowful but the sorrow of the world worketh death godly sorrow godly sorrow is the fear of the Lord now fear of the Lord as you see perfecting holiness in the fear of God verse one perfecting holiness in the fear of God now what is the fear of God is this kind of like that he's he's gonna crush me he's gonna pound me into the dust no 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 the fear of the Lord which is the beginning of wisdom the fear of the Lord is holy reverential worship and respect fear of the Lord is holy reverential worship and respect like for example if Jesus himself was to bodily walk into your living room right in front of you what would be your reaction that's the fear of the lord jesus himself was to walk up to you put his hand on your shoulder look you in the eye what would be your reaction all of that all of the emotions would surge you become very hyper aware of your sin you would fall on your face before him and you most likely would cry Because you understand who He is, what He's done for you, and who He is to you. He's your God and Savior. He's your Lord and Master. He's your Redeemer, your Friend. Perfecting holiness is now walking in fellowship with Him. In the fullness of Him. In all that He says. Because you want to, not because you have to perfecting holiness in the fear of god you see this is where many people the works based salvationists get this wrong they try to perfect holiness in religious observances no perfect holiness is is now this is this is the works you got to maintain works no no perfecting holiness is not necessarily works now works are a byproduct that come as an aspect of this but this is not the focus here the perfecting holiness is not the physical action deeds of the hands perfecting holiness starts in the heart this is the love of the lord to love your god with all your heart soul mind and strength to love your lord to love your god all your heart soul mind and strength to love your neighbor as yourself this is the this is the greatest commandment so you see perfecting holiness starts here if you love me if you love me see the workspace salvationist doesn't grasp that they don't understand this if you love me they just see keep my commandments no 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 if you love me why would you want to repent because you love him why would you want to hate sin and avoid sin and fight against sin resist temptation resist the devil why would why would you go through so so much of this why why day after day after day after day after day after day do you keep do you keep uh sorrowing and grieving and coming to that point of brokenness of self why do you keep going through this why do you keep uh, uh, caring about getting battered and bashed against the lusts of your flesh why do you keep fighting fighting yourself why do you keep fighting your flesh because you love him because you love him because you want to because you know what's right you know what's wrong and i hate my flesh I hate sin. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity, and the Lord, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. See, it's not about churchianity. It's not about the religious observances. It's not about religiosity. It's not about doing works. It's not about the outward. It's not what enters the man that defiles him but what comes out of the heart if you want to be holy you look at the inward man you look at the heart well i don't know if i've read my bible enough times today it's not about that the reading your bible is very important you should do it but it's the why are you doing it it's a want to not have to one word of the scriptures is sufficient as much as reading a whole chapter but the point is is have you spent time with the lord because you want to do you turn off the television when something foul comes up why did you do that because it was wrong but why did you do that because i hate it because it's wrong And it offends my lord and i love him and i don't want to offend him i don't want to betray him i don't want to grieve him perfecting holiness is heart attitude it's the attitude the characteristics the nature of the saved spirit not the spirit of flesh but the spirit but the spirit of salvation the spirit of the soul of the saved soul perfecting holiness is of the heart after the inward man because i know that of my flesh there dwelt no good thing the only good that is in me is the righteousness of jesus christ which which is bound to my soul in my soul i know what is right and what is wrong and i follow my soul not my flesh walk in spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh perfecting holiness how do I do this? The walk of holiness. Now, how can I perfect that? Well, it's it's like everything else. How do you learn? Well, here's something. Yesterday, uh, my wife and I were sitting on the couch and, we were, and we we're looking at an interesting thing on uh, the internet there about uh, um, uh, typing speed. Uh, some people can type like stupid fast. I don't know how they do that. They type really stupid fast. And how do you perfect typing? Do you remember when you learned how to type? I remember. Oh man, did, was that ever frustrating! That was probably one of, one of the most frustrating things <laughs> I had to learn as younger, is how to type. I, I hated that. I hated it. With the Mavis Beacon program, you have to follow along and try to. Oh, I hated it so much. But after a while, it gets so easy. It becomes second nature. It just—it's reactionary. It's the moment your fingers hit the keys and you feel the, those the, those those not those uh, knobby things on the, those two keys, you know it. You just know exactly if you're—you don't even have to look at the keyboard. If I feel it, you know exactly where your hand's supposed to be. and You know exactly how to type. Same with driving, riding a bike, swimming, everything else. Brushing your teeth have you ever tried to brush your teeth with your wrong hand oh man you, it feels like there's something wrong with you you, you can't do it you br- brushing your teeth something as simple as brushing your teeth try it try it next time you go to brush your teeth try it with your off hand <laughs> but perfecting comes with time are individuals perfect And all behavior and understanding and and action and everything at the moment of salvation no nobody is nobody is this is something you grow in it's the striving for the mastery striving for the high calling of god in christ jesus it's something you're working towards you're working towards that perfection something you're longing for hoping for something you're working towards because you want to not because you have to because you want to because you love him the loving fear of the lord perfecting holiness this is this is a process and see the words perfecting this is something you're working at like a like a sculptor he has the hammer and the chisel and the, the sandpaper and everything else and he's working at this he's perfecting this the sculpture that we are the clay he's the potter he's working at perfecting us by the molding he's perfecting us and we are perfected the perfection comes through the perfecting process comes through the fear of the lord because if you're doing if you're if you're seeking after righteousness because you have to or else you have no understanding of the perfection of christ you're seeking after the perfection of religion of religiosity that's that that's the perfection of the maintenance of the pharisees you teach your doctrines the traditions of men you're perfecting the traditions of men we want to perfect the holiness of God which is what after the inward man not the outward not the outward but as a byproduct of this when we seek at perfecting the inward man the more we focus on the inward the more we work at the inward and perfect the inward it will manifest outwardly the more love of Christ I have uh, in the inward man the more conviction of holiness and and righteousness the more conviction against sin and all of this that i have of the inward man it will manifest outwardly it will be seen in my very nature it'll be seen in the way i look at people talk to people the way i listen to people the way i work and walk and everything in everything that you do even eating and drinking it will be seen the love of god the love of christ holiness comes after the inward man not the outward you can't dress to be holy you can't talk to be holy it comes from the inside not the outside and like jesus said about the pharisees if you look at the pharisees they look beautiful they look righteous. They look holy. They look like they love God. Listen to the way they talk and everything. And all their mannerisms, everything about them that 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 they they are beautiful in all this. But inwardly they're full of rottenness and dead bones. The desire is of the inward. You can dress a corpse all you want it's still a corpse perfecting holiness in the fear of god but the fear of the lord which is the beginning of wisdom this wisdom that comes from god this wisdom this knowledge that comes from god that comes by the spirit of god within us that teaches us he will tell us but are you listening but how can we listen how do we listen in silence spending time with it how do you learn about an acquaintance and this acquaintance becomes your best friend how do you develop that relationship where it eventually you become best friends you perfect a relationship you perfect the friendship you perfect your closeness you and your spouse how did you get to where you are how did you get to the point where you first met and now you're married and you got family and everything else how did, how did that happen you perfected a relationship you see, this holiness here is the holiness of God. So we actually could replace the word holiness here just for a moment, and all the uh, hi- hyper only holiness here just just lost their mind. But uh, we replace the word holiness here just for a moment with God perfecting our relationship with God. Perfecting our relationship with God is perfecting holiness. Perfecting our relationship with God in the fear of the Lord—not as I think how this relationship should go, but He calls the shots of the relationship. See, here's the thing: it's not an equal partnership. It's not an equal partnership in the, this relationship. It's not. It's not. A, I'll do my part, you do your part, and we'll work towards a relationship. No, 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 no you are bound to him in relationship anyways and he and he's your best friend he's closer than a brother regardless of your part regardless of your part when did the prodigal son cease to be a son of his father you see perfecting holiness in the fear of the lord the fear of the lord is my part is the willful i want to why would you not want to walk in righteousness why would you not want to strive after holiness, the mastery of uh, of Christ's likeness? Why would you not want to witness? Why would you not want to read your Bible? Why would you not want to? Well, this is where knowledge and understanding comes in as the fear of the Lord's beginning of wisdom. this wisdom that that sees and understands that the part of me that does not want to is the flesh. The part of me that does not want to pray in the morning, that doesn't want to read my Bible in the morning is my flesh. I know that in my flesh dwelt no good thing. It is no longer I that do it. But the real me inside wants to, but the flesh doesn't want to. Sometimes the flesh is more powerful than the inward man. Sometimes the flesh wins out in the argument. Then in my walking with God, in my striving for the mastery of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, in the perfection of my relationship with the Lord, there's a there, there's a third wheel. There's a third wheel in this relationship. There's the Lord, me, and my flesh. My flesh tags along. Everywhere that me and the Lord goes, the flesh tags along as a third wheel that is constantly trying to mess everything up. This is literally, literally how it works. The Lord tells me, about uh about doctrine and theology and teaching what does the flesh do the flesh is sitting on the side over here chirping just chirping chiming in with its stupid ideas of stupid wisdom it's stupid insights and everything else trying to mess up cause doubt fear on on, on misunderstanding confusion and everything else I think I feel I believe <laughs> that's, that's what the flesh does it does constantly messes up my understanding of scripture I sit down to read my Bible to spend time with the Lord and the flesh sits down beside me it starts uh, talking away oh you remember you got to do this at two o'clock and you, oh, do you remember when you were five years old and you did this dumb thing and what I wonder what so-and-so is doing and they just won't shut up that's the flesh you go to church, you sit in the pews, you listen to the sermon, and the flesh sits down beside you. So it just won't shut up. It just keeps going and, and starts putting intrusive thoughts and ideas and daydreams and foul thoughts and imaginations and distractions. You can't pray, you can't think, can't read, you can't witness, can't do anything. That's the flesh. As Paul says, I can't find how to do that which is right. I know that in my flesh, there's no good thing. There's no more either Do it. My flesh has dwelt in me. It's the stupid flesh's fault every time. I, I It's not me. I don't want to mess. I don't want to be like that. But my flesh makes me. It won't leave me alone. It won't go away. It won't shut up. It won't stop. That's why you can't lose your salvation because it's not your fault. The Lord saved your spirit, not your flesh. Your flesh is sinning. Your spirit is not. Once saved, always saved. See, the workspace salvationist doesn't see the dichotomy between the spirit and the flesh. They make it one person, but it's not. The Bible says two people. God saves your spirit, not your flesh. Your spirit sins, not your flesh. Your spirit is saved, not your flesh. Perfecting holiness is fighting our flesh. Perfecting holiness is learning to ignore your flesh. Fighting your flesh, fighting that second person, telling the second person to shut up, telling that third wheel, leave me alone, ignoring the third wheel, learning how to ignore, learning how to develop a deaf ear, learning how to ignore your flesh. When your flesh starts going off and you're sitting in church, learning how to disregard it, how to shut that off and stop paying attention to it, stop listening. How to ignore the third wheel how to ignore ignore that that uh, that third person in the relationship perfecting holiness in the fear of god that's in the saved spirit the saved soul the love of christ the love of god the love of doctrine the love of his word the love of his teaching that i love to sit at the feet of jesus and listen but we see a picture in the in the early years of the ministry of Christ, we see Jesus going to the synagogue and he's teaching all the people, and they're all sitting there, they're all listening, and Jesus is teaching. And what happens? A man stands up right in the midst in the synagogue, a dev a, a a demonically possessed individual, a possessed man stands up, interrupts the teaching, and just starts spouting off. And Jesus rebukes the spirit, casts it out of the men but that's a picture of of our spirit and our flesh we're sitting at the feet of Jesus we're listening to him to talk and we're we're soaking in everything and all of a sudden our stupid devilish self starts spouting off how to perform that which is good I find not I can't have a moment a moment of peace I'm trying I'm trying to listen to to a great video on, on YouTube for example and a stupid sinful dis- disgusting ad pops up or some some of those pop-up pop-ups on the screen or whatever and it is some sinful thing and our flesh it just immediately completely disregards the thing and this flesh just looks at that and we have a moment of weakness and we start staring at the stupid ads you see In perfecting our relationship with God, we must understand our dual nature. We must understand, as God says in His Word, it's not my fault. It's the unsaved flesh. It's not my spirit. My spirit is not at fault here. My spirit is not at fault. My spirit is not in jeopardy. My spirit in Christ, my my saved nature, the saved man, the saved me is not at fault here. The saved me is not at fault here. The saved me didn't sin. The saved me is not at fault here. That's my flesh. So What do we do? What do we do? We apologize for the flesh. Lord, I'm sorry that my, my sinful nature has, has disrupted this teaching of yours. Lord, I'm sorry that, that my flesh ha- has dragged me into this again. Lord, I'm sorry my flesh is uncontrollable and I don't know what to do about this. I'm bound to this. Lord, I'm sorry for what my flesh has done is no longer i that do it but sin that dwelleth in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing or at the mind i serve the law of god lord i love you and i long for you and this is why i'm confessing this is why i'm seeking to cleanse myself this is why lord i want to cleanse myself from the filthiness of this stupid vile flesh lord please make me holy lord i long for you i long to be sinless i long to be made perfect i long for you This is why and what does christ say i forgive you i I, don't worry about this i I, i've already i've saved you from the condemnation of this your sins your sins are forgiven your flesh which is condemned to die which it's appointed to men once to die after this judgment our our flesh just a little while longer just a little while longer and we will be changed What does the Lord say to long for, to hope for? That time of changing, the coming of Christ, to wait for the coming of Christ when we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. New bodies. The Lord talks so much about longing for, waiting for, and and about that glorious moment when we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We will be holy. We will be perfect. I long for that I long for that Verse two: receive us we have wronged no man we have corrupted no man we have defrauded no man and in verse two here we see Paul is you says use me as an example is first Corinthians 4 16 and, and chapter 11 verse 1 uh, of first Corinthians we see Paul says use me as an example we see how Paul worked in spirit and fought his flesh We see how paul speaks about dealing with his flesh we see peter in his reaction giving us an example of how how we behave before christ and we see his longing for christ's likeness and he talks about how we are priests royal priests the priests would mess up but that would they would they lose their priesthood no what do they do they get themselves right with the lord and they continue on perfecting holiness verse 3 i speak not this to condemn you for i have said before that that ye are in our hearts to die and to live with you great is my boldness of speech toward you great is my glorying of you i'm filled with comfort i'm exceeding joyful in all our tribulation to encourage one another to encourage one another in spirit to look beyond the fault of the flesh. This is why Jesus says, "says judge not after the appearance. The flesh sins, the flesh messes up, not the spirit. We look at the spirit of the individual. Is the spirit of the individual saved or not? If the spirit of the individual is saved, you don't listen, don't pay attention to the flesh. You look at the spirit. Is there a longing for a relationship or not? I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulations, in all our tribulations. What did Jesus say to fear not about this world, how he has overcome this world? How we have overcome, we're saved, we're saved. How can we have joy in every tribulation? How can we have joy in every tribulation well let's take a look at what what what, uh, paul says in romans chapter five verse three um actually back up verse one romans chapter five verse one therefore being justified by faith now hold up a second faith which is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen this is this is not works, this is believing faith, believing trust. Now being justified by believing trust, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, and not only so but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed glory and rejoice in tribulations because we're saved because we're held by god regardless no matter what happens the lord holds us we're held in the hand of the father no man can pluck us out that means you can't pluck yourself out either how can we perfect our relationship by understanding that i can't make god let go of me no matter how hard I tried to, to to wiggle and squirm in his hand. Reminds me, uh, years ago when my uh, nephew and niece were, were little. Uh, I, I used to play the, the game where you take a toonie. We have a $2 coin, Canadian. Uh, <laughs> you take a toonie or a loony or whatever, take a dollar, and you put it in your hand and you make a fist. Say, okay, if you can open my open my fist, you can have it oh they would try They pull and reef on the fingers and the thumb they try and try and try and try that they couldn't do it. they couldn't do it. of course give it to them afterwards but but the thing is that the picture there no matter how hard we try we cannot open the hand of god our stupidity cannot open the hand of god why why because our flesh can't open the hand of god our flesh cannot open the hand of God he holds our spirit not our flesh the Spirit is outside this uh, sorry I'm sorry the flesh is outside the Spirit is inside the flesh is outside the flesh is outside the flesh is outside the flesh is not saved the flesh is not held in the hand of God the flesh is not held in the hand of God the spirit is the spirit is held in the hand of God no man can pluck out the spirit our spirits are saved, the flesh is not. So so how can we lose our salvation? When it's the flesh that's sinning, not the spirit. The flesh is the one that's messing up, not the spirit. The flesh is not saved, the spirit is. The flesh is not held in the hand of God, the spirit is. So how can we lose our salvation? This is the promise. This is the promise. This is the hope. This is what keeps us going. Because no matter how much I mess up, It's no longer I that do it, but my flesh, and my flesh is not saved anyways. My spirit is. My spirit is held in the hand of God, not my flesh. I'm exceeding joyful in all tribulations. This is why. Because it's not me that's doing it. It's not me that's messing up. I can't open the hand of God. I am with you always even to the end of the world he's with our spirit he's with our spirit the flesh is condemned to die and then it will be changed to a new body a new creature so I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulations because these trials, these trials that come as a byproduct of the world and the devils and the flesh, these trials just strengthen my spirit. They strengthen my faith. They strengthen my understanding of how, how I'm held by God. It helps me to learn to have more faith, more understanding. I'm exceeding joyful in all our tribulations. Let's take a look at Galatians 5.17. Galatians 5.17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. Now we see lusts, lusting. What do you lust for? Well, we see the fleshly lusts. Greed and immorality and everything else—all the things, the lust of the eyes, the, the lust of the flesh. You see, the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. Now, notice in your Bibles, if you're following along, if you got your Bibles, which you should. In Galatians five seventeen, can you tell me in your Bible in in Galatians five seventeen the word spirit? Is it capitalized is it capitalized because the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit in then here is capital s which is the holy spirit the holy ghost the spirit of god the spirit of christ ephesians 3 17 the spirit of christ that lives in the heart of every believer The flesh lusts against the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God lusts against the flesh. There's righteous lusts and unrighteous lusts. There's a law of God and there's a law of flesh. The law of the Spirit of Christ and the law of the Spirit of flesh the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so you cannot do the things that you would. there's a battle every time you want to do something right you're gonna to have to fight for it you don't believe me <laughs> here's a simple 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 uh, test you could do to prove this point go ahead a gospel tract to someone You will have the biggest fight you've ever had. Walk up to a complete stranger and give them a gospel tract. You want to feel that fight? Every single fiber of your flesh will just recoil at that. Even right now, the the very fact that I even said this to you immediately wells up within you every desire against that every excuse every thought to get out of that uh, loopholes examples all kinds of things that come up and and you don't want to go and hand it a complete stranger gospel track you'd rather die <laughs> you'd rather do anything else go out in the street corner when there's all kinds of people going by stand on the corner of the street open your bible and read john three sixteen out loud so everyone can hear you every fiber of your being right now just recoiled at that that's the flesh. that's the flesh lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh because part of you simultaneously there's a part of you that wants to do that there's a part of you that so badly you want You want to go, you know it's right, you want to, you want to go out and hand out gospel tracts, you want to go witness, you want to go evangelize, you want to go tell people the word of God, you want to, you want to so badly, but your flesh won't let you. The problem is, is most Christians give in. They give in to the flesh. They give in to the fears of the flesh, the lust of the flesh. the flesh lusteth against the spirit but back up in galatians 5 16 this i say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh how can you walk in the spirit in this then by taking a look at the fear of the lord wisdom godly wisdom because if i don't they may go to hell. And the love of Christ wells up, which overrides your own personal desires and personal well-being, and you would rather put yourself at risk to save a soul from hell than even care for a moment about your own comfort. Your comfort is irrelevant. Spirit. Capital S, Holy Spirit, has a, has a desire, a lust for righteousness. Lust for righteousness, lust for salvation, lust for the things of God. And these are contrary the one to the other. What the flesh wants, what the spirit wants. So how can I learn to perfect that which is spiritual? Resist the flesh. Crucify the flesh of affections and lust thereof. Resist the devil. Resist temptation. How? You know what's right. Just do it. Turn the TV off. It's as simple as pushing a button. It's as simple as outstretching the hand. It's as simple as handing out the track. It's as simple as speaking. You see... we could talk to literally anyone about anything politics sports gardening food barbecues fishing exercise you could talk to a complete stranger about anything really honestly you could talk a mi- million words in a minute on literally anything if you really wanted to but when it comes to spiritual things for some reason we're petrified with fear and we don't know what to say except when we're in church when we're around other christians oh we can barely shut up uh about our 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 understandings of scripture and about the faith and evangelism and everything else but for some reason the moment an unsaved person comes on the scene we don't know what to say that's the flesh the flesh tries to shut you up Remember I mentioned earlier how we we try so hard to tell the flesh to shut up, stop, stop interrupting, and to stop distracting and everything else? Well, the flesh does the same thing with us. The flesh tells you, shut up, stop talking, be quiet, stop interrupting. The flesh wants to talk about the ball game. The flesh wants to talk about everything else. The flesh doesn't want to talk about the things of God to the unsaved oh the flesh couldn't care less about what you talk about with other christians as long as you don't talk about it with the unsaved the devil doesn't care if you read your bible the devil does not care if you go to church as long as you don't apply it to your life perfecting holiness is putting the lord first in every situation regardless what it is ignoring the instructions of the flesh Cleansing ourselves from all filthiness. This is First John one nine. This is godly sorrow. Now we see a godly sorrow that leads to salvation, and then a godly sorrow which leads to repentance. That this is for that. We we see the first repentance. The first sorrow is a sorrow of self, seeing yourself in your unsaved state, and longing after Christ and believing on the Lord, being born again. And then we see the saint now walking in fellowship and newness of Christ. When we fall flat on our face and we mess up and we allow the flesh to override we fall before the lord say lord i'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't fight the flesh enough i'm sorry that that i fell i'm sorry that i got dragged into this lord forgive me of my sin the sin of my flesh the relationship with the lord which brings peace this peace which passeth all understanding is an understanding that regardless what happens it's not a, sor- a, a sorrowing again unto salvation because you can't lose it because it wasn't you that actually sinned it was your flesh do you see that so therefore there's a peace in spirit there's a peace in spirit because it's this third wheel a flesh that is the curse on me we see paul talks about the uh the thorn in the flesh and uh, the, the spiritual thorn that is a a, a a trial unto him we have a thorn in our side which is our flesh a third wheel this is what we got to deal with my salvation is not in jeopardy i cannot lose my salvation So therefore, in spirit, after the inward man, I strive for the mastery of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, perfecting holiness and godly sorrow and and walking in righteousness and hating my flesh by the fear of God. Because I want to. Because I know what's right. I know what's wrong. And I don't want to dishonor my Lord. Great is my boldness of speech toward you boldness as the scriptures say we have boldness of access to the throne of grace we're in spirit because the spirits are saved we just walk right up before the lord before his throne call him father and ask of him and seek of him sit at his feet learn of him a great boldness and because we have this great boldness of spirit we should have great boldness of speech because it's true great is my boldness of speech toward you great is my glorying of you I'm filled with comfort I'm exceeding joyful in all our tribulation is verse four for when we were come unto come into Macedonia our flesh had no rest our flesh had no rest because they're dragging their flesh along in ministry in evangelism (laughs) <laughs> have you ever had to drag someone along with you to do something and they really 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 didn't want to do it and they're just kind of trudging along you could tell in their face and their countenance their slutch behavior just their, their manners they just they would rather be anywhere but here like having to go to a government office but <laughs> you just really don't want to be there our flesh had no rest. But we were troubled on every side without were fightings, within were fears the flesh was just throwing a fit complaining and griping and wallowing the whole time our flesh had no rest trouble on every side everything was going on but in spirit Verse 6, Nevertheless God, that comforteth those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus, the Lord, and by fellowship of the saints, by the fellowship of the saints, and not only by his coming only, but by the consolation where he was comforted in you when he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoice the more. We see fellowship with the saints encourages one another in spirit. We encourage the spirits the flesh can't be encouraged in spiritual things just as the spirit can't be encouraged in fleshly things but we see spirit and spirit by the spirit of Christ amongst the Saints um, so that I rejoice the more verse 8 for though I made you sorry with a letter I do not repent though I did re- though I did repent I didn't I didn't want to have to uh, to trouble you and cause you grief, but it needed to be done, as he's saying here. It needed to be done to tell you off so you could do what was right. For I perceive that the, that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrow to repentance. I didn't do this. I didn't just write this just to make you feel bad. But I did this so that you would correct yourself. So that you so you would sorrow to repentance so you would get yourself right so that you would start perfecting holiness again perfecting walking in newness of spirit in relationship with christ sorrow to repentance see this this here is the repentance that, as we see by peter or the repentance of esau see esau was sorry for all the trouble that that he had caused and all this stuff but it wasn't a godly sorrow like this like the sorrow of judas judas iscariot is he threw the money back at the sanhedrin he saw what had happened and he was sorrowful for this whole thing but it wasn't a godly sorrow. it didn't lead him to repentance he wasn't repentant of it He didn't go before the fall before the Lord in repentance and ask the Lord for forgiveness. He didn't do that. We see the repentance of Judas, the repentance of Esau. But we see there's a a godly repentance, a godly sorrow which leads to repentance before God. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. We see again is being delivered from you see an individual is delivered from the condemnation of their sin and then we we are delivered from the tribulation and trials of our flesh the trials of this world for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of but the sorrow of the world worketh death we see a godly sorrow and an ungodly sorrow we see the sorrow of judas the sorrow of Peter. Peter went and got himself right when he when he messed up. And he betrayed the Lord. What did he do? He went and wept bitterly and he begged of God and repented and he got himself right with the Lord. Let see. The Lord forgave him. Verse eleven. For behold, this selfsame thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sorrow, what carefulness it wrought in you. Yea, what clearing of yourselves, cleansing, cleansing, a purging of your hands, washing your hands in innocency. But clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, indignation, wrath, what wrath it brought in you, what godly sorrow brings wrath, what's he talking about? This is second Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 6. Corinthians 10, 3 to 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, spiritual casting down imaginations is imaginations of flesh casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ is it the thought of spirits or is the thought of your flesh the thoughts that you're having right now is that the thoughts of your spirit or the thoughts of your flesh well there is a conundrum the thoughts that you're having right now, are they your own thoughts? they bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. How can we know if the thoughts are right or wrong? How are they in relation to the Word of God? Now, verse 6 here. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. When your obedience is fulfilled. When your relationship with god is being perfected by holiness and the fear of the lord that when you're walking in faith walking in spirit you're walking with christ there will be a hatred of sin revenge disobedience you hate it so much you'll go to the ends of the world to get it right yea what indignation yea what fear fear of the lord yea what vehement desire zealousness to do that which is right in all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter godly sorrow works these things wherefore though i wrote unto you i did it not for the cause that had uh, uh, sorry verse 12 wherefore though i wrote unto you i did it not for his cause that had done the wrong nor for his cause that suffered wrong but that our care for you in the sight of god might appear unto you The reason I correct you, the reason I tell you off is not just on a personal level, just, just because you did wrong, but in a broader, general sense, so that the service of God, the glory of Christ, might be manifested. The reason I correct you is so that Christ will be magnified. The reason I teach you is so that God will be glorified. Don't take it personal it's that the glory of christ would not be trodden upon so that the testimony of christ wouldn't be dragged into the mud so that so when people see us that there will be no cause for them to be able to mock christ verse 13 therefore we were comforted in your comfort yea and exceedingly the more joyed we for the joy of titus because the spirit was refreshed by you all that we each would be refreshing unto each other and when we see each other's zealousness and joy of the lord that we talk about these things the excitement that comes out of each other would excite each of us for if i've boasted anything to him to, to him of you i am not ashamed but as he spake all things to you in truth even so our boasting which are made before titus is found a truth he will say well but we're not supposed to boast or brag or, or any of those kinds of things about, about what's going on hold up Proverbs twenty seven verse two. Proverbs twenty seven two. All right, Proverbs chapter twenty seven. Verse two. Let another man praise thee and not thine own mouth. A stranger and not thine own lips. Let another man praise thee and not thine own own mouth serve the lord and don't care whether or not you get personal recognition but if you do get personally recognized by others and they and they talk of you that's perfectly fine uh, that but that is also an encouraging because people are noticing and they're encouraging you by seeing how you are a blessing unto them we don't do it so that we are recognized but if it does happen boast not of thyself that's what the pharisees did We we'll let another man's mouth praise thee we see Paul here boasting of and bragging of Titus for his great service of Christ. Verse 15. And his inward affection is more abundant toward you. Look at, look at that. Inward affection. Inward affection. Because we seek to encourage each other's spirit. To be able to override flesh. And his inward affection is more abundant toward you whilst he remembered the obedience of you all how with fear and trembling you received him in fear and trembling you received him what you were scared of him or something what does he mean by by fear and trembling this is psalms chapter 2 psalms chapter 2 verse 11 serve the lord with fear and rejoice with trembling what does that mean serve the lord with fear and rejoice with trembling well again what do you remember when we talked about what is the fear of the lord that's holy reverential worship and respect so this is godly fear of fear of the lord proper fear of the lord so we see serve the lord with fear that's the fear of the lord and rejoice with trembling What does that mean? This is recognition of the immensity of what the Lord has done for us. When we think about the whole picture, when we bring into mind the whole picture, rejoice that He saved you from the fires of hell, that He saved you from the wrath of God. Because when I think about it, i think about the immensity of of what the lord has done who the lord is what he is capable of 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 his whole self of his whole word of everything of the great picture of all that he is and has done and has said and is going to do it makes me tremble it makes me see how insignificant i am i am nothing before this almighty god and this almighty all-seeing all-powerful all-knowing almighty god His face looks down at me. I tremble. But at the same time, I remember I'm his child and he's my father. But it still makes me shake. That's what that's talking about. To rejoice that this almighty God is your friend. He's he's your king, your father, your redeemer. He's your savior. He's closer than a brother. He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Rejoice in the Lord in fear and trembling. How with fear and trembling you receive you, you received one another. Because we see who each other truly, really are in Christ. We are a family in Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ. By blood. Blood brothers. Blood sisters. Blood relatives in Christ. In fear and trembling. In the honor of And the love of the Lord in all things. Receive one another in honor and love of the Lord in all things. Verse 16. I rejoice therefore. And always rejoice. Rejoicing always. And again I say rejoice. I rejoice therefore that I have confidence in you in all things. I have confidence in you. Not in your flesh. I have no confidence in your flesh. You have no confidence in my flesh. I have confidence in your spirit. Because your spirit is held in the hand of God. Your spirit is held in the Holy Spirit. Capital S. The spirit of Christ that dwells in the heart of every believer. And this is the heart of spirit, not flesh. The building. If we go back in the Old Testament. The building. We see the, the actual physical stone temple. The stone temple would get dirty. It would get weathered. eroded, Pieces would break off we see tarnishing erosion all kinds of things can happen to it birds mess on it (laughs) I mean that the temple itself gets defiled that's like our flesh the temple you can make it look good but it's what's inside of it that matters see people go to the temple not so much for the building but for what's inside the building we accept what's inside the building and we see our bodies which are the temples of the spirit of god which is in you our bodies get get defiled and corrupted and dirty and everything else that happens to it our confidence is in spirit not flesh the flesh is condemned to die it will erode it, it gets corrupted it will break apart fall apart but we live on it's spirit after the inward man focus on the inward man focus on the relationship after the inward man and when i do sin and i will sin we always will sin when i do sin just remember it is no longer i that do it but sin that dwelleth in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing but with the mind i serve the law of god with my flesh i serve the law of sin therefore fight your flesh that's what he means by fight the good fight fight for the perfection of holiness for the striving of the mastery of the high calling of god in christ jesus second corinthians chapter seven so there you go folks and 2 Corinthians chapter seven so I hope this study has been a help and a comfort and encouragement to you if you have any comments questions issues insights regarding this please by all means go ahead ask away I'd be glad to hear from you um again if you appreciate this please give us a like us a thumbs up make sure you subscribe hit notification bell icon so we put up new videos and check out all our other videos we got tons and tons of other goodies other content on this uh this video will be included in the playlist once saved always saved Because in there in that uh, playlist we've got tons of uh, bible studies and discussions and debates uh, proving eternal security proving these things and this discussion goes right into that showing the difference in spirit and flesh showing how the lord holds our spirit not our flesh and our flesh cannot open the hand of god so there's so many uh, arguments in here and, and truths about the the uh, the promises of god the hope of the promise of christ so i hope there's been a comfort to you and uh, in your dealings day-to-day dealings with your flesh and dealings with the things going on in this world focus after the inward man focus on that which is spiritual the perfection that would be thoroughly equipped thoroughly furnished all good works that the man of god may be perfect study the scriptures what does it say so there you go all right so with that as well folks um get my mouse to work here there we go christiancoffeetime.ca please check out our website we got tons of other stuff on there as well um links to all other platforms we got our, our free downloadable gospel track pdfs make sure you take advantage of that and yeah so there you go so again going through here we see that Paul as it says in the word of God to reprove rebuke exhort with all long suffering and doctrine we see how he can simultaneously correct and encourage at the same time to correct to rebuke to encourage at the same time a meekness a love that we correct one another not just to correct them not just so that uh, to make uh, to make them like us or just to tell them off or whatever else to put ourselves over them but it's all for the glory of Christ it's christ likeness christ likeness how does christ correct so in the spirit of christ in the spirit of meekness in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves for the perfection of holiness in the fear of god the perfection of our relationship with jesus christ so give that some thought so I hope it's been a help and a comfort <laughs> With that, we'll wrap that up there. Thank you so much for joining in, folks. God bless you. And yeah, please make sure you give this a like, leave a comment, share this around. Let other people know the goodness of the promises of God. So, with that, we'll wrap that up there. Thank you so much for joining in, folks. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love His holy word. Hope to see you again, folks. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless. We'll